Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. The 95 Theses of Martin Luther, Theses 1 through 29. The 95 Theses, The Disputation on the Power and Efficacy of Indulgences, posted October 31st, 1517, the eve of All Saints' Day, Castle Church, Wittenberg, Germany. Four Oral Debate, on November 1st, 1517. Out of love and zeal for truth, and the desire to bring it to light, the following theses will be publicly discussed at Wittenberg under the chairmanship of the Reverend Father, Martin Luther, Master of Arts and Sacred Theology, and regularly appointed lecturer on these subjects at that place. He requests that those who cannot be present to debate orally with us will do so by letter. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. The first three theses statements are for discussion on the importance of God's Word in the Holy Bible for the Christian's life. 1. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent, Matthew 4.17, He willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. 2. This word cannot be understood as referring to the sacrament of penance, that is, confession and satisfaction, as administered by the clergy. 3. Yet it does not mean solely inner repentance. Such inner repentance is worthless unless it produces various outward mortifications of the flesh. Theses number 4 through 14 address the power of the Pope, challenge the teachings of purgatory, address the corruption of the clergy, and the source of the forgiveness of sins as a direct act from God. 4. The penalty of sin remains as long as the hatred of self, that is, true inner repentance, until our entrance into the kingdom of heaven. 5. The Pope neither desires nor is able to remit any penalties except those imposed by his own authority or that of the canons. 6. The Pope cannot remit any guilt except by declaring and showing that it has been remitted by God, or, to be sure, by remitting guilt in cases reserved to his judgment. If his right to grant remission in these cases were disregarded, the guilt would certainly remain unforgiven. 7. God remits guilt to no one unless at the same time he humbles himself in all things and makes him submissive to his vicar. The priest. 8. The penitential canons are imposed only on the living, and according to the canons themselves, nothing should be imposed on the dying. 9. Therefore, the Holy Spirit through the Pope is kind to us insofar as the Pope in his decrees always makes exception of the article of death and necessity. 10. Those priests act ignorantly and wickedly who, in the case of the dying, reserve canonical penalties for purgatory. 11. 
Those tares of changing the canonical penalty to the penalty of purgatory were evidently sown while the bishops slept. Matthew 13.25 12. In former times, canonical penalties were imposed, not after, but before absolution, as tests of true contrition. 13. The dying are freed by death from all penalties, are already dead as far as the canon laws are concerned, and have a right to be released from them. 14. Imperfect piety or love on the part of a dying person necessarily brings with it great fear, and the smaller the love, the greater the fear. Theses number 15 through 82 are the core arguments by Martin Luther against indulgences and the tactics of the preachers who are selling letters of indulgence in Germany. 15. This fear of horror is sufficient in itself to say nothing of other things to constitute the penalty of purgatory, since it is very near the horror of despair. 16. Hell, purgatory, and heaven seem to differ the same as despair, fear, and assurance of salvation. 17. It seems as though for the souls in purgatory, fear should necessarily decrease and love increase. 18. Furthermore, it does not seem proved, either by reason or scripture, that souls in purgatory are outside the state of merit, that is, unable to grow in love. 19. Nor does it seem proved that souls in purgatory, at least not all of them, are certain and assured of their own salvation, even if we ourselves may be entirely certain of it. 20. Therefore the Pope, when he uses the words, plenary remission of all penalties, does not actually mean all penalties but only those imposed by himself. 21. Thus, those indulgence preachers are in error who say that a man is absolved from every penalty and saved by papal indulgences. 22. As a matter of fact, the Pope remits to souls in purgatory no penalty, which, according to canon law, they should have paid in their life. 23. If remission of all penalties whatsoever could be granted to anyone at all, certainly it would be granted only to the most perfect, that is, to very few. 24. For this reason, most people are necessarily deceived by that indiscriminate and high-sounding promise of release from penalty. 25. That power which the Pope has in general over purgatory corresponds to the power which any bishop or curate has in a particular way in his own diocese or parish. 26. The Pope does very well when he grants remission to souls in purgatory, not but the power of the keys, which he does not have, that is, does not extend to purgatory, but by way of intercession for them. 27. They preach only human doctrines, who say that as soon as the money clinks into the money chest, the soul flies out of purgatory. 28. 
It is certain that when money clinks in the money chest, greed and avarice can be increased. But when the church intercedes, the result is in the hands of God alone. 29. Who knows whether all souls in purgatory wish to be redeemed, since we have exceptions in St. Severinius and St. Pascal, as related in a legend. That is, both of these popes desired to stay in purgatory longer than necessary to receive greater glory in heaven. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.